This is the oddball one. This is one of my favorite songs uh, that I've written, and it's probably my favorite song of my own to perform live. I had to fight for this one because when I recorded my first album, I pitched the music to a bunch of different producers. I made my wish list of top 
producers, Grammy nominees, Grammy winners, uh, who'd worked with artists who I like love and respect. And I was like, in the world, I will go to you and record this record. So I put together three of my own songs, demoed them and sent them to producers. And I heard back from a bunch who said, would love, but theater noir is a no-go. Like, don't go that direction. You'll never have a career as an artist. Finally, I ended up talking with uh, Dan Burns in L.A. And, and he was like, yeah, I'm in. Totally game. Totally game. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's record this record. I, I love your work. I, you know, I think you've done brilliant work for artists who I am very influenced by. So let's, let's commit. And right before we signed the contract, I don't think we should do theater noir. <laughs> and I was like, we do theater noir or we don't do the album. And he's like, okay, we can do theater noir. <laughs> he's like, we'll, we'll do it in like a, you know, quirky kind of style. And I was like, that's perfect. That's exactly what I want for this song. So, you know, it, it, it worked out, but it was, it was one that I had to fight for, but it's a song that, that means a lot to me. I feel like I come to life when I perform. Uh, audiences get really into it. They love it. They remember it. People buy the album for the song. I think that it just freaked out producers because it's, it's different. I mean, I made a pop album and I put a theater song. Look who else has done that. You know, like, it's like Tom Waits, Tori Amos, Amanda Palmer, like, you know, Lenka is a pop star and she's made songs that are totally theatrical like that. I thought, you know what, if, if I can't stand by what the song represents, then I'm a phony as an artist. So a little background on the song. I was born and raised in Utah and I was not raised Mormon. I didn't really realize until I was probably in, you know, sixth grade that everyone else community that I wasn't a part of. The area where I went to school was uh, almost completely Mormon. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. They're really nice people. But all the Mormon kids did all the things together. They did all their activities together. They played together in the playground. After school, they hung out together. And so kind of by default, and without realizing it, I ended up becoming close friends with the other kids who also weren't Mormon, right? And I didn't really put those two together until I, you know, got to about junior high. As soon as I realized, like, I didn't dance at popularity. I had a couple of close friends, but I was never going to be accepted by this community, right? So I was an outcast. Uh, it did not help that I also was so I was, I was the kid that played oboe in band. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I won the geography bee in the science fair. <laughs> like, this is the kind of nerd that I am. But I found my, my fellow misfit oddball best friends. And, and together, you know, we kind of formed our own little geek community. And I'm still, like, very close to, to most of them today. And yet, the whole time, I started to develop a chip on my shoulder about 
feeling like an outcast and, and feeling like I would never fit in. And I desperately fit in. It wasn't, it wasn't until I even started writing my own songs because I think I spent most, most of my, all of my teenage years, much of my childhood and a good portion of my just trying to, to fit in and be cool. It was not until I started to write my own songs that I realized that you don't get anywhere by fitting in. You don't want to be just who already exists out there. You need to be something completely different. You need to be your authentic self. Like, find the things about you that are unique and that are different and amplify them. That's where, you know, your specific artistry comes to life. And for me, that was theater noir. And that is essentially, at the heart of it, what the song is about. So the song is about circus freaks who have, you know, wanted to, like, take a community of people who have embraced the things about themselves that are weird and different and played them up and are now celebrated for it. So <laughs> it is a grotesque love story, but... At the heart of it, it's really about celebrating the things about yourself that are that are unique and different. It has Brechtian feel. To oh, me. very much so. Yes, uh, Mac the Knifeish. Uh huh. Um, I don't know if that was part of your inspiration. Yeah, uh, or... Three Penny Opera was in my training, yes. so yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I, I love like uh, Pirate Jenny, these sort of long dark story songs of like brecht and vile yeah definitely i was on a big tom waits kick when i wrote this but i know he was inspired by vile, and i was also listening to a lot of amanda palmer and dresden dolls and i know that she's also very uh influenced by kurt vile so those are uh, a big big part of where any other questions or should I dive into the lyrics? Go into the lyrics. Okay. Welcome to Theater Noir, the traveling circus sideshow, land of the freaks, home of the depraved. Welcome to Theater Noir. Nina can charm any cobra. Sabra can swallow any sword. Masters of the macabre, gladiators of the grotesque, prodigies of all perversions. Interestingly enough, this is a co-write with a guy named uh, Stuart Maxfield who fronts the band Fictionist down in Provo. Stu and I had been working together uh, probably about a year, and, and I'd had writer's block. He was like, well, you know, generally speaking, I would write lyrics, and then he would put music to them. And he's like, he's like, I feel like you're too tied down by rhymes. Why don't you just try writing a poem? a poem that doesn't rhyme i was like okay sure so i wrote this this welcome to theater noir poem it was never meant to be a song and i brought it to him the next week and i was like hey i wrote a weird poem <laughs> i don't think i don't think there's a song in here but i enjoy the poem i like the story what do you think and he read through it and he's like this could be a song and i was like how and he's like well i don't know like maybe try to Trim down the words so that you're fitting like similar syllables into each sentence and find rhymes where you can and play with other poetic devices. And I was like, okay, I know what to do. So I went home and 
And so what ended up a lot of wordplay in here. And there was, even before I revised the song, to, the poem to work as a song, for example, um, Nagina can charm any cobra. Like, Nagina is, do you remember Ricky Tiki Tack? Nagina is the snake, the female snake. Um, Nagina, I think, also is a word in some language, meaning snake. Don't know what language. Uh, Sabra, again, saber, can swallow any sword. And then I found of opportunities where I could find some alliteration. So masters of the macabre, gladiators of the grotesque, prodigies of all perversions. I just thought, well, all right, if I'm not going to rhyme, I can at least have alliteration. And now Lydia, the tattooed lady, takes the stage. A serpent wound round her neck. Defiant roses decorate her arms and flames lick their way up her legs. With a proud she confronts her audience. Welcome to Theatre Noir. Now I'm introducing my main character, Lydia the Tattooed Lady. I like the idea of these sort of freaks, right? We take pride in our deformities, profit from your disgust. Natural-born monstrosities, self-created oddities, morbid curiosities. So saying that there's equal value whether you born a freak or whether you made yourself into a freak it is equally something to be embraced and celebrated next up young Aiden raised in sheltered bliss in the unassailable Midwest this is our romantic lead character the red carnival ticket was admission to a brave new world one look at lovely Lydia and he could hardly see the ink he saw beauty beneath her branded skin her eyes within, they said, welcome to Theatre Noir. Uh, so we have the innocent young man, Aiden, meeting the beautiful tattooed lady. Onward the caravan, Aiden following after. His lunatic obsession only grew with each rejection. Welcome to Theatre Noir. Backstage, he proclaimed his love, but Aiden was tragically rebuffed. We are all abominations and you'll never be one of us. And I sing that in my best Lydia voice. I'll do anything, Aiden replied. I'd walk through fire to stay by your side. And that's precisely what he did. His hair flesh dripped. He rose like a phoenix from the smoke and ash. Thus was born the smoldering man. Welcome to Theater Noir. Yeah, it's dark. It's gross. It's fun. Final verse, come see the tattooed lady, at her side the smoldering man. The legendary lovers, so scandalous, so strange, twisted and taboo and so deliciously deranged. Witness their pleasure and their pain and welcome to theater noir. And then this is the bit in the song where um, we have a little instrumental section where the band starts to gradually speed up and we get people to clap along feet or make some noise or dance or whatever and uh, it's the sort of audience participation moment that always is fun and we in keeping increasing the speed and it becomes this sort of competition or race between the band and the <laughs> to see if they can keep up with us and uh, usually the band wins but sometimes when we have a rhythmically inclined audience they'll hold their own if not win i think we recently had an audience win 
Finally, the song ends with, we'll glorify your scars, you'll be the greatest star. Yes, welcome to theater noir. So that's my weird one. And I like the way you end that uh, musically. And um, I was wondering if you were referring to the freak show that is Park City. I've heard uh, folks in Provo call Park City the land of misfit toys. I don't know if you've ever heard that, that before. That is funny. But, you know the outcasts of how um, appropriate i uh, did not know that yeah, but i can i can see i did not know that okay so, where it could but, come from and, and i was wondering if any of the characters were based on I mean, some of the um freak show both live here and stay here but also come here our tourist industry combined with alcohol and bars and music sure it's a wild can scene lead to a freak show of its own when you are at the cabin or Opie Rockwell or... Yes. Uh, uh, you know, actually, okay, so it's similar. You're on the right track, but it's a little different. When I came to Utah, I did not intend to stay here. I had planned to move to Los Angeles. I, I stayed here, worked for Sundance, met uh, the guy who was now my husband, and we fell in love, and the winter season ended, and I ready to move to LA. We had entered into the relationship with the understanding that I was moving. It was like, this is not going to be a long-term thing. I am leaving and I'm not going to do long. You know, late March as like moving day is approaching. He finally tells me like, look, if you, if you have to move to LA, I, I hate LA, but I will move there. <laughs> I will move to LA to be with you. And I was like, oh, geez. Okay, let me, let me rethink this whole thing. And so in this story, I am Lydia the Tattooed Lady. He is Aiden. And the idea is that I am already part of the circus. As an artist, as a performer, I've, I've been in the circus for a while. But he was willing to join be with me in that kind of way. It's funny because we were we were actually driving down to Southern Utah when I wrote this song or wrote the poem that the song was born out of. ideas off of him. I was like, oh, I want to write this love story about this, you know, trapeze artist in the circus. And, and you know, she, she's like a traveling circus performer. And because at the time I'd been moving so much, I didn't feel rooted. I be in a traveling circus. I was constantly touring while I was in New York and I never felt really rooted or grounded anywhere. And I was like, and you could be, you know, the, the guy who joins the circus to be with her. And, and then evolved and I was like, no, wait, what if she wasn't the trapeze artist? What if it was a sideshow and she was the tattooed lady? I was like, I like that better. And then we're brainstorming possible endings for the song of like, well, like, you know, follow the circus everywhere? Does he, does he join? What happens? And I was like, oh, here we go. He disfigures himself to become one of the freaks. <laughs> There's a romantic love. So, and I just decided that the weirdest and most shocking ending was probably the right one. So that's what I ended up going with. Do you have any tattoos? Not a single one. Actual ones, metaphorical. Oh, metaphorical, a plenty. Okay. Um, 
No, no, no tattoos at all. I love tattoos, actually. I love them on other people. I've never been able to commit to an idea of, of, of one for myself. And I figure I've made it this far without any, I might as well just continue with that.